Hey, man, is that the Garage Rock Show podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is the Garage Rock Show podcast. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you. If you're not already a supporter and you'd like to help make this show possible, please tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash the Garage Rock Show to become a monthly supporter. And make sure to check us out online at thegaragerockshow.com and give us a like and a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Garage Rock Show Podcast. And if you like this episode, please take a minute to give us a rating in your Apple or Google store. Now on to this week's episode. It's Friday. It's time for another episode of the Garage Rock Show podcast. Chris here with our special guest this week. Aaron, thanks for joining us once again. No problem. And George, good to have you back, man. Hello. Thank you for having me, as always. Of course, of course. It is Friday, January 17th, season two, episode number three. And unfortunately, we lost a huge person in the the music world and the drummer world, uh, the lyric world, and just music in general. Uh, Drummer Neil Peart. Uh, We'll be talking about that. Uh, kicking off the episode also some rock news this week pearl jam announcing their new album details rock and roll hall of fame inductees have been revealed some kind of controversy there we'll talk about that uh, as always some bc boys uh new documentary apparently in the works that's going to be directed by spike jones governor's ball lineup is up we'll look at that blink 182 helping out australia and their wildlife uh after the wildfires going on there New music, believe it or not, from Ice-T's Body Count coming out this year. We'll uh, talk about that this week in Music History Trivia, our new 10-second trivia, weekly WTF, and more. We do have those tickets up for grabs for Alter Bridge at the Regency Ballroom in San Francisco, February 23rd. Got to be over 18 to enter. Just text the word PODCAST to 68683 and make sure to grab tickets at goldenvoice.com. So kicking off the episode, have you guys heard about this? Uh, Neil Peart passing away from yeah. brain cancer. Drag yeah. uh, at the age of 67, uh, amazing drummer. Uh, he lost a three and a half year battle. Apparently, that's why they haven't been on the road for the past uh, five years. Uh, he's been battling it. Um, he was their lyricist, of course, their drummer and uh, author. He wrote a lot of books, and he used to ride around on his motorcycle and stuff and travel. Like when the band would play other countries and stuff, he'd like do his own thing, like get on a bike, even just a regular bike, and just kind of. He was like a man of the country, you know. He wanted to be involved uh, wherever he was at and experiencing, uh, you know, the world and life and stuff. Yeah, drum set back there. Yeah, but he was a man that also enjoyed solitude. Yeah, he was very private. He was a very private musician and just private person in general. And when his wife passed away, he lost his daughter. Um, he kind of, you know, uh, started writing books and writing a lot of lyrics and a lot of music and channeling it through through those outlets. Um, he was a cool guy, and um, he was very, like, one of those monumental once-in-a-lifetime type drummers, and especially in the modern rock world, he was like, like, I just saw Tool last night, and Danny Carey play, paid tribute to him over the weekend, did a passage to Bangkok, a uh, little tease, and did the song uh, in San Diego on the day that he passed. Um, in honor of him. And it just kind of goes to show the influence and uh, how good of a drummer he was. Um, here's a cool quote, actually, from Gil Moore, a fellow Canadian. That's, uh, he's the drummer for Triumph, and he talks about Neil's uh, playing style. Uh, I got it right here. Check it out. first guy I think of is Ginger Baker, Keith Moon, Mitch Mitchell. Neil's style, which is a sort of a very drummer take-all, 
he plays the heck out of everything on his drums, right? So as opposed to, say, the guys that evolved from the Alan Jackson, Levon Helm, John Bonham school, kind of lay back between the weeds of these spaces, the Keith Moons and the Neil Perts and the Ginger Bakers and the Mitch Mitchells, they were the guys that went the reverse route and they filled all over the place and kind of drove the rhythm from in front of it rather than sitting behind it. So... There you go. It's kind of a good description. I mean, uh, he was he was all over the place. He was one of those drummers that, like you said, he had that amazing, uh, crazy drum set. He was one of the first ones to have a hybrid electronic drum set uh, where it was a regular drum set uh, and then also an electronic kit right behind him. So he was able to do a lot of those different sound effects. And they had that signature sound, right? I mean, Rush was like, you know, whether you like Getty Lee's vocals or not, it's always kind of a polarizing thing with Rush, I think. Uh, no one can deny their musical chops. So uh, We're going to feature him on an episode of The Garage tomorrow night at 105.7 FM. Uh, you can stream it at 1057thebear.com. We're going to kick off the episode with a tribute to him playing some songs uh, you normally don't hear on the radio. So check it out. Um, unfortunately, this thing I'll have to show you guys here on the uh, tablet for a lot of this stuff. Uh, my stupid screencaster. I don't know what the heck's working why it's not working, uh, trying to cast to the screen for everyone. But I'll fill you in anyway. Uh, Pearl Jam confirming their new album and North American tour. Here's a picture of the album cover. It's like a big glacier, and uh, it's going to be called Gigaton, and it's Mm -hmm. uh, Pearl Jam's new album coming out on March 27th. Um, So apparently they're going to be releasing the first singles. This is their first album since 2013. Uh, it's been a while. It's been about seven years. So kind of cool for them. Right on. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Pearl Jam is going to head out on a huge tour. They're going to uh, tour all over the U.S. and the world and stuff. And so it's going to be a big, big deal for them and looks to be a pretty cool album. I got actually Mike McCready from Pearl Jam talking about uh, the album itself. It's very difficult to set out to do something and achieve it as opposed to just each song, try to make it as good as you can. We set out more like, we're going to make a record, and we know we're gonna, everyone's going to write some songs, and we're going to try to do the best for each of those songs, and then we're going to see what we got at the end and, and figure out how to put it together. You know, it's, it's much less planned than you would imagine. All right, so there you go. Uh, and looks to be uh, coming out later this year on March 27th. So, new uh, album from Pearl Jam on the way. Here's the vinyl. Check that out. Oh, it's pretty. Looks pretty nice. It's like the Northern Lights. Northern Lights, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's the inner sleeve or if it's... um, Maybe a single? Something else, yeah. I think it might be the inner sleeve. I think that's the album cover there. So, anyway, um, they're going to be hitting up Toronto. Uh, going through the West Coast, coming out here April 18th and 19th in Oakland and 15th, 16th in L.A. So this was uh, pretty cool for Blink-182 to raise some money for the Australian, the Australia Zoo, uh, and it benefits all of the animals that are taking refuge there right now. So they put up these cool shirts where it's got their Blink-182 kind of rabbit mascot, and it's got a little koala on the back. That's pretty cool. And they got the Australian flag, and so... It's kind of cool. Very nice. Is that fire contained yet? Or? It's starting. I guess it just rained today or yesterday by the time you guys are hearing it. And they're hoping for more rain, but they're saying really not going to get relief until March as far as that wow. goes. So they'll get intermittent rain that'll kind of help out a little bit, but it's not like going to put it all out from what I've heard anyway. 
Um, this was a kind of a cool thing. I just wanted to mention that Coldplay did this thing for Los Angeles benefit for prison reform. So they're going to be playing an intimate show for fans at the Hollywood Palladium on Martin Luther King Day coming up on Monday. And all proceeds from the concert will go to the Reform LA Jails Initiative, which continues to campaign for prison reform in California. So good on them, you know. I thought that was kind of cool. If you want to register to win tickets, uh, you can go on Ticketmaster.com and check that out. All right, this was big news this week as well. 2020 inductees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Check out the list, guys. It's up there. We got Nine Inch Nails, which I think is very deserving. Depeche Mode as well. Wow, I'm surprised the Doobie Brothers aren't in there already. I know. Yeah, it's been a while. They've been eligible for quite some time. Um, I'd say they deserve it. Yeah, they definitely deserve yeah, it. They've been T-Rex, touring. I saw them. They at, deserve it. I saw the Doobie Brothers in the 90s at Paso Robles Mid-State Fair. Yeah. And I've just noticed that they've like toured ever since then. They've, they've like, been every on their road like, dogs. Yeah, they like play at fairs. They play everywhere. They just never stop. Yeah, they're one of those bands that just like they, they they're all on good terms. I mean, for the they got to be. I think they got Michael McDonald. With I them, was right? gonna say, yeah, they're on tour right now with Michael McDonald. Yeah, which is the first playing time a part of their catalog. The 80s, that, think, yeah, right? they haven't they're touched. Be up near their seventies, yeah. huh? Oh, easily. Oh yeah, seventy. Yeah. In oh yeah, but they can still play, of course. I mean, shit. Yeah, Some guys just get better and better. Right? And I and it's like if you're always on the road and it's like you're just fine-tuning that machine, you know? And uh, it's pretty cool to see them all up there. So rock and roll doesn't necessarily have to be rock, huh? Yeah, because we're going to get to the other two here. That uh, This is the controversy. Whitney Houston got is getting inducted, as well as the Notorious B.I.G. So hmm. I don't know. Uh, that's obviously not – those are not rock bands. They don't ha- even have rock songs at all. Um, so that's what everybody's saying. Like, well, Whitney Houston's pop, Notorious B.I.G.'s rap, but is they there, have do they, rap those exist? There is there a rap hall of fame? Is there uh, R and B hall of fames and soul heart uh, shit like that? Not really that I'm aware of. So maybe not this prestigious. Maybe they ought to just change the name from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to just like the Music in General Hall of Fame. American. <laughs> Mary yeah, Mc- and I think it's because it takes place in Cleveland, so it's like the rock and roll uh, thing there in Cleveland. I guess is the what they started it as. Oh right, Alan Freed, the DJ, hosted the first rock and roll concert in America in Cleveland, in Ohio. Cleveland, yeah, and yeah. So they've been like the, that's why the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland, exactly. And now it's morphed 35th, into you 35th. know. Okay. Obviously more than that. What year does that take us to for the 35th? Uh, I don't know. Simple math, right? Oh, uh, it, it would be 1985. So, yeah, that would be the first time they did it was in 85. Yeah, a lot of these music genres didn't even exist back then, right? No. It's nice to see T-Rex. T-Rex is in there. They're going to do a tribute to Irving Azoff and John Landau. Um, they're also, you know, the, you know, it's going to be a cool, it's going to be a good award ceremony. But they're still pointing out these bands um, that didn't make the final cut that were nominated. Soundgarden, Judas Priest, Motorhead, Pat Benatar, Kraftwerk, MC5, Rufus featuring Chaka Khan, Todd Rundgren, Thin Lizzy, and Dave Matthews Band all didn't get it. And for the first time ever... The Dave Matthews Band won the fan vote by overwhelming amount, like over a million. They didn't get inducted, and it's the first time that it's ever happened. So it, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has the final say. Even the fan vote, you you can win it, 
it doesn't mean you're going to get inducted necessarily, and that's the first time it's happened. So right, right. Um, kind of crazy, right? I mean, that's kind of like a fuck you to Dave Matthews Band. Like, you got over a million fans that wanted to see you get inducted that took the time to vote. Yeah, and you're not going to let them get inducted for that. Sure, we don't think you're ready. We yeah. don't think it's your time, right? Maybe we don't think you belong here. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a tough pill to <laughs> tough pill to swallow. Because you're right. I mean, if the people have spoken and there was an actual contest for it, right? So anyway, here's Trent talking about it. Uh, Nine Inch Nails is getting inducted, and here here's him talking about the award ceremonies in general. I've got him up on the mantle, and I've got to say, never been much one for trophies or recognition, but when it's coming from someplace that feels legitimate. It makes a difference, and, and what happened, I felt, was um, unexpected, and it was flattering, and I've allowed myself to feel pretty good about it. So it sounds like he's kind of like, yeah, you know, certain ones, like Oscars and I think like this, are up there in in your genre and what you're doing as a nod or a kind of a tip of the hat, like you're, you know. Yeah, the worst ones are probably like those MTV awards that he got in the 90s. <laughs> right. I got those... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the space deep man. blue something Back. band of the year. <laughs> Spaceman uh, guys. Yeah, the MTV yeah. ones. Letters to Cleo. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> probably already taking a baseball bat to those. Not that there's anything wrong with either of those bands. No, no, of course not. So, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame taking place May second, um, and then it'll air later that month. <laughs> Well, it's a rare condition this day and age to find a beer made with krill caught in a cage. Krill and nutrition and a little lemon rind. Some people say it's even harder to find. Well, there must be some magic krill inside these bottle walls. Because all I see is it's filtered with baleen. Real krill bursting out of everything. Krill Reserve Yar, it's made from stuff found in the sea Krill Reserve Also coming out in April, the new Beastie Boys documentary from Spike Jones. It's simply titled Beastie Boys Story Here's a little snapshot scene from it uh, It's set to premiere in IMAX theaters on April 3rd It's based on the 2019 two-man show of the same name That apparently they, they had an intimate limited engagement event that saw them up there, uh, Ad Rock and Mike, Mike D, unfolding the history of the legendary group. The show itself drew inspiration for the Rap Outfit's 2018 memoir, Beastie Boys Book. So it's going to premiere on the 26th anniversary of their 1994 album, Ill Communication. And it continues, um, you know, it's going to be a pretty pretty cool event. What do you guys think about it? The third it? one ain't going to be there? What's that? The third dude ain't going to be there? Well, no, he's passed away. If he if he shows up, <laughs> it'd be unprecedented. Maybe? That would be pretty. No, that would be. Sh- uh, I don't think they would do that. I would hope not. Let's hope not. Right? <laughs> no fucking uh, hologram MCA. Um, but anyway, so it's coming out later this year. Uh, here's a lineup for Governor's Ball. Check that out. Um, does the guy interest you guys at all? Kind of looks a little like everything else going on right now but maybe some stuff like i was saying uh, i'd like to see stevie nicks we got tame and paul up there missy elliott it's kind of interesting flume vampire weekend eh. solange eh. miley cyrus poor julia man 
Portugal the man Foles. They they actually have a pretty strong album out that Foles from Australia. Those guys are um, pretty hot right now. Who else on there? I don't know. Of Monsters and Men, Milky Chance, Danny Brown. Yeah, not really. It's a New York festival um, that's going on June 5th through the 7th. So there you go. That has come out. Uh, check out these new guitars coming out for Slash. Uh, his first ever Slash collection for Gibson. So it's all, you know, Slash style guitars. To me, I was like, don't they already make a fucking Slash Gibson guitar? But I guess, I guess not. I don't know. Maybe they have a Slash singular model, and now this is a collection. I don't. I'm not sure of the difference. They probably slash. I'm not a Gibby guy. I wouldn't know. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was gonna say they probably slashed the price on the old one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I one. had to think about that one for a second. Slowing the uptake. Yeah, it's a slow sorry. build. It's a slow build. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, maybe they'll slash the prices huh, when they debut them. Uh, Winter Nam collection uh, coming up in 2020, January. Uh, it's actually happening right now, January 15th through the 19th. That's when they're going to debut them. Uh, so there you go. Um, what else we got here? Ice tea. His band Body Count, here's their promotional photo. They are releasing a new album coming out this year. And it's got a bunch of different like um, different guest stars on it. They're going to have members of Hatebreed, Slayer, and Evanescence on this album. <laughs> I never thought I would read that sentence ever. I know, right? <laughs> it marks 30 years since the group formed in 1990. Oh, wow. And their album is called Carnivore. And it's coming out Friday, March 6th. It's so. part of arresting people on Law and Order. Or well, that, <laughs> that's just it. Now, isn't he a beloved figure now amongst people that like that, watch that show? Is that I the know. show? Is that the show he's on? Yeah. What is it? Law and Order. Yeah. Isn't he those. like going? I don't know which cop? one it is. Yeah. It, those, you guys want to hear some of it? Because <laughs> they put I out do. the single, and you guys got to hear it. Oh, I'd love to hear it. All right. Yeah. Well, get some Ice T's body count. I think this is. This is the one called Carnivore. Ice T's Body Count Carnivore. This is going to be the new track that's coming out. Well, the new track's already out. The new album's coming out March 6th. Some people are saying it's the heaviest stuff they've done. And you'll hear it. And I, I think it's it sounds interesting. It sounds kind of promising. If the whole album's going to be like this, then... It might be a pretty cool return to form for them. It's probably going to be their best shit they've put out, you know, I think. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> Ice-T still sounds pretty good, I guess, you know? I it's a know. lot more metal than they were more punky. Yeah, before. right. Yeah, it's like that's why they're saying it's pretty it's heavy. It's interesting, though. I, I like it. It's cool. Yeah, right so... Yeah. We'll uh, have to see what happens with that. It's coming out March 6th, uh, so there you go. It's got Jamie Josta of Hatebreed, Amy Lee of Evanescence, uh, ex-Slayer drummer Dave Lombardo have all oh. been confirmed as guests on the album. Imagine how fun that would be like in the Fillmore. Oh, yeah. That would be <laughs> awesome, right? Yeah. Uh, Robert Plant, uh, <laughs> this was a kind of a cool little story. He said, um, I recently did a gig in Rockslide, Denmark, and Bob Dylan wanted me to talk about touring. So I met him where all the buses are parked at this big festival. We eyeballed each other and smiled in the darkness. It was raining, two hooded creatures in a blacked-out car park, and I said, 
Hey man, you never stop. He looked at me and smiled and said, what's to stop for? And that was the first time that those guys have kind of like met, I guess, like face to face at that rock slide festival. That's a great rock and roll story. I know. That was kind of cool. And he's he's got his podcast. I don't mind promoting it. It's called, um, I think it's, ah, oh, shit, I forget. But if you type Robert Plant podcast out there, it's pretty cool. And he talks about stuff from Led Zeppelin days. He talks about stuff that's going on with him uh, now. And he's going to be apparently releasing all kinds of shit. He's going to have all kinds of like... Band of Joy? Yeah, and then stuff from the 80s, stuff that's never been released and like live performances. He says all that stuff's on the way. So, very cool. Um, Yeah, see, Band of Joy too. He says he's got a whole album that he did with Buddy Miller and Patty Griffin that hasn't even been released. Uh, Wait, Kathy Griffin? Patty Griffin. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's the deal. Oh, God, no. (laughs) This was interesting, though. Uh, iHeartRadio launched uh, their third all-podcast station on FM radio. This t- this is the first time that it's ever happened on FM radio. So what do you guys think about that? Like an FM radio station that's nothing but podcasts. Would you tune into something like that? Yeah. That's, it that's plays different cool. stuff. It's called, like, Stuff You Should Know, Part-Time Genius, Broken Hearts, From Comedy to Food to History to True Crime. And it's on an mm. FM radio station, and it's nothing but podcasts. I would check it out. Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting. I thought it was a bold move. It's definitely, you know, you know, not for everybody, but... Yeah. I mean, if it was uh, an additional station, it would be a shame if it took over, like, the good music station to play a bunch of talk on an FM right. station. Right, and it did. It did, it did, t- it did it, I don't know about a good station, but it took over a, a station. It was like yeah. they were coming to the end of the year. It, they were doing Seems Christmas like music, happening. and then they flipped the format to all podcast. And all the good stations around here just all got taken over by Spanish stations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which are great, I guess, if you like Spanish music. No, but, but yeah, I mean, it's like they just come on and swoop in there. I like that one that goes... That one, that one? Do you know what yeah, one that yeah, one yeah, one yeah, I've heard that one. I've heard it. That one, too. With the cowbell. What I've learned about like regional Mexican music is that if it has accordions, it's the Norteño, Northern Mexico mm. area. If it has the tuba as the prominent thing, it's the Southern. Oh, okay. good to so, know. Fun I fact. did not know that. I learned that from doing remotes at uh, Radio Lobo <laughs> uh, and talking with them about the music. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I asked them, I'm like, do you guys know that that music is actually inspired by German polka music? It was from right. the wartime, you know? right and that's why it's like a lot of germans it was uh, all are expats or were expats in mexico yeah. yeah and so that it was their uh german like oktoberfest style of music that eventually turned into regional mexican music yeah. what? What german and exactly why why a human being like linda ronstadt who's mexican and german exists in the world Oh yeah, she had a she had an album that came out like years ago that was all in Spanish. Oh, I think she did a few. She did, yeah. One of my coworkers, she introduced me to that. I was like, "This is a trip." <laughs> Good for her. Anyway. All right, yeah. All right, so let's Great. get to the trivia this week, guys. On this week, January fourteenth, not well. On this day, January fourteenth, uh, nineteen seventy-eight, this band play their last show before breaking up in San Francisco. Was it A, 
Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, B, The Runaways, or C, The Sex Pistols. And I will tell you that all of these bands broke up within a year or two of this time. So it's all pretty accurate in terms of these bands all did break up. So what do you guys think? Dahlia, you go first. Oh, man. Okay, so (laughs) January 14th, 1978, this band play their last show before breaking up in San Francisco. Okay, I'm going to go with... Mm-hmm-hmm-hmm. Who played in San Francisco? I'm not going to go with the Sex Pistols. I'm going to go with the Runaways. B. Okay. Uh, Aaron, what do you say? Mm, I'll go with the Sex Pistols. No reason. I don't know. All right. George, what do you say? It's most definitely C. Sex Pistols. Oh, well, I was wrong. Check out. Here's a picture. They apparently. played the Winterland uh-huh. with Sid. Yeah, they played uh, Winterland uh, Ballroom. Uh, and apparently... Uh, okay, so Johnny... Johnny Rotten was coughing up blood? Yeah. Wow. And he said on the uh, band's encore, uh, you'll get one number and only one number because I'm a lazy bastard. And the, <laughs> no, the track they did was the Stooges cover, No Fun. And at the end of the song, he just kept kneeling on the stage saying, this is no fun, no fun at all. And then he goes, ah, ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. Before throwing down his microphone, walking off stage, they broke up three days later after that final show. Wow. Yeah. This week in 1978. So that's kind of cool. Oh, hey, Charles. What's up? Oh, hey, Chris. Hey, slugger. You look down. What's wrong? I don't know, Chris. Things just haven't been going well for me. My energy seems low. I can't focus at the office. I have trouble feeling powerful like I used to. My arms seem a little saggy. Yesterday, I stared at a bridge for six hours from the roof of a stranger's car. When they asked me to get down, I screamed the name Bette Midler at them several times. I just feel lousy. I don't know what's wrong. Well, I know what's wrong, champ. You do? Yeah. You're not getting enough fortification to those bones with the nutritional content in crow's milk. Huh? That's right, crow's milk. Here, try some. Okay. Mmm, thick. Sure it is. Crow's milk blends the perfect amount of nutrient-fortified crow's eggs with dairy-based products we all enjoy. It's like a drink in a way, but in a way, it's not like a drink at all. Right, and the patented flavor and energy crystals resting deep inside that bottle of cool, refreshing crow's milk gives you the fight you need to pump those muscles up like a crow. Energy crystals like sugar? Sure, and remember, crow's milk is specifically designed to give you a unique charge of protein with amino acids that do something like science for you. Yeah, I can feel the charge right now. It really gives you an I-don't-give-a-fuck attitude. Well, okay. So, Charles, how do you feel now? I mean, I mean like, 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 deep, deep down? down? Really reach in there, you know, think about it. Like guar lyrics, Chris. Yeah, good. Now go get them, slugger. And remember, crow's milk can be used as shampoo as well to help replenish those nasty hair follicles. Huh? Crow's milk, available upon request in most countries. Buy it today. Uh, all right, so we got another, another uh, trivia here for you guys. Also this week in Music History Trivia, in 1981 now, 
This musician plays on the UK music show Top of the Pops with a paint can and a brush nearby as props, seemingly a reference to the painter with whom his first wife cheated on him. Was it A, Mick Jagger, B, Robert Plant, or C, Phil Collins? Dahlia, we'll start with you. I'm going to say Mick Jagger painted it black. <laughs> that would be funny. Okay. Uh, I like it. <laughs> C again, Phil Collins. Phil Collins? Okay. I don't even know why. All right, George, what do you say? Uh, you know what? I don't know this uh, tidbit, so I'm going to just say Robert Plant. Robert Plant? Okay. Well, Aaron, you got it right. right on. Okay. <laughs> Phil no. Collins. There's a picture of him with what? the paint can in the background. I was picturing him in some white overalls with a paintbrush. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's sitting That's there. Not just, what he looks like. No, he's this, sitting there but... at the piano with a cardigan on. It looks like or something, a vest. Anyway, yeah. so Phil Collins said that the scene was just a nice look he came up with after seeing the paint backstage. But his ex-wife Andrea Bertorelli thinks that it was far more nefarious. She says, "Quote: I was horrified." She told the Daily Mail. She said, "I knew straight away it was a message to me, but it was a public one." He then proceeded to tell reporters that I'd run off with the decorator. And apparently it was true. Hmm. So um, I don't know if that was his way of just kind of a little taking a dig at her. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess he was a painter Perhaps. or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Painted. Uh, that's too dirty. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We got some 10-second trivia. Uh, first up, it's music birthday <gasps> trivia. We'll play a song clip that's 10 seconds or left. You have to identify from those song clips. Whose birthday it is we're celebrating this week. Don't always assume it's the lead singer. It could be any member of the band, so choose wisely. You'll have two hints for the clip, and I will give them to you right now. Uh, this musician has uh, experience doing Hollywood set design for Hollywood movies, and he played violin in high school, okay? So I will play you guys the clip here and tell me which member of this band birthday it is okay that's cool and you're playing are you playing zombie yeah yeah i am so if you think it's tool which member do i of get the band? points for that you get a point you know, yes. the band and the song track you get a you get two points that's fair <laughs> enough all right so whose birthday is it well, you just said it was Adam Jones today, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Well, that was outside of the podcast, but yeah, well, I did, yeah. Well, Chris went and saw Tool last night. And That's right, and it was his birthday. He was birthday. like, oh, it was Adam Jones' birthday. Yep, he turned 55. Uh, we saw him at... Uh, Sorry. I call shenanigans on that. I, uh, yeah, Chris, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I know. I, I guess she had an inside edge on that trivia. Yeah, question. that's some insider trading <laughs> there. People go to jail for that. <laughs> Uh, Tool put on a pretty awesome show, too. They played a couple of tracks they haven't been playing on tour in honor of his birthday. They, they Maynard actually sang happy birthday to him. Oh, no, really? Yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, so Did you record it? No, I didn't get that part. Uh, I could barely record stuff at the end of the show. Yeah, they, they were very strict they would, on the They policy. always will take, they'll take your phone. Yeah, so I waited to the end. So, all right, next up, it's uh, movie birthday trivia here. We're going to play a movie clip that is 10 seconds or less, and you have to identify from the clip Whose birthday it is we're celebrating this week. It could be any voice you hear on the quote. You'll have two hints for the clip. So, this week, this actor or actress was born uh, in Canada. And the second hint was he lived in his car at one point in his career. So that is your hint. Where are we going? Well, we know. Guess I'm being spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody help me! Jim I'm Carrey. being spontaneous! <laughs> 
<laughs> I changed my mind. It is, isn't it? Like this time of year. Mardi Gras! Isn't it? <laughs> it sounds like Jim Carrey, Aaron. I think yeah. you're onto something. <laughs> it is Jim Carrey. January 17th, <laughs> 1972, or 62, excuse uh, me. Uh, that's when he was born, and that's his birthday this week. So. One of my all-time favorites. Yeah, he's <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, movie TV entertainment news this week. The Oscar nominations. Uh, so the Oscar noms are out, for, uh, and Joker's leading the pack with 11 nods. Also coming in there, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and The Irishman with 10 each, so they got quite a bit as well. Uh, Joker star Joaquin Phoenix earned the Best Actor uh, nod after taking home the award for the Golden Globes earlier. And then Best Director were all men, and so there was a little controversy there, apparently. Uh, Greta Gerwig's, um, she did Little Women, and people were saying it was really well done. They thought it was a shoe-in, and nobody's get it. Nobody's watching fucking Little Women, come on. <laughs> get over it. Yeah. I didn't, I ain't. I mean, does anybody here want to see it? No. Dahlia exactly. did, to be fair. The women demo out there, you know, they respond to that. I don't mean to be insensitive, but no, hey. more people went to see these other movies. Yeah, and I think I think the point is is know. that it's. I don't think they're judging it on anything other than maybe just the movie wasn't that great, you know? I'm sure or the acting great. wasn't that great, you know? But that's all it is. Well, know. but you know, in in our culture, it's a lose lose situation because if they did have, you know, whatever they considered to be a more balanced list of directors, either male or female, you'd still get backlash from it, the internet people that would say, "Oh, well, they only picked that woman's film because she's a woman. It wasn't really that good of a film after right. all." Yeah. So, I mean, it, they really can't. You, Am I making sense? No, yeah, yeah exactly. totally, totally. Um, but yeah, you know, hey, it, these things are always controversial. People don't, you know, I don't think people should look yeah, into at this it point, too much I don't more think it has anything than it really to do is. With them being women, it was like, was the movie this wasn't good or that not? great compared to the other ones? There was some very strong movies. Hey, this if year, a woman yeah. happened to um, to produce fucking Joker or whatever, it could be a whole different story, right? right? Yeah, very true. Um, all right, so some other movie TV entertainment news. They're going to have a Silence of the Lambs spinoff series now what? on CBS. It's called, uh, apparently, well, I don't know what it's, oh, it's called Silence? Or no, I don't know what the film or what it's going to be called, but it's apparently going to be set in 1993, one year after Silence of the Lambs takes place, and will delve into the untold personal story of Clarice Starling, who was played by Jodie Foster in the film. Mm. So it's going to kind of ex- explore that. Um so, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I know you mobile game a little bit, uh, Aaron. Check this stat out. Mobile game spending way up in 2019. It was up 25%. Mobile gaming has emerged the most popular form of gaming this past year hmm. over home console and handheld devices. Mario Man. Kart Tour and Call of Duty Mobile performed especially well. And also Fortnite, I know, was in they the got top Mario three. Mario Kart Tour, I might have to get that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. Um, Would you spend money, though? They say mobile game spending, so... No, but here's the thing. I, for some odd reason, every Christmas, somehow, somebody in my family gives me an iTunes gift card. Oh, right, yeah, and, and so you can use it for that. I'm always wondering what the hell I'm going to use this on. I mean, uh, yeah, I could buy music. But sometimes I'll be playing a game or something, and... You could get the ad-free one for an extra $2 or something, <laughs> and I'm like, shit, might as well. 
Yeah, for two bucks, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's how they get you, right? So it's so not that much. I, I put a couple dollars here and there on a, on a game if I like it. You know? Yeah. But I guess it was just up, up overall 25%. Pretty crazy. Um, news from around the world. Did you hear about this? This NASA high school intern discovered a planet orbiting two stars. His first week at the agency at NASA <laughs> as an intern. He's just there, like, you know, fresh out of um, college or whatever, right? Wow. This guy's name was Wolf Kukier. C-U-K-I-E-R. I don't know how to say that. He goes to Scarsdale High School in New York. He's still a high school student. And he was his job was to look at star brightness variations. And so he was looking... It looks for planets outside of Earth's solar system. And just three days after starting, he noticed a signal from a system 1,300 light years away. Scientists discovered it was a planet orbiting two stars, the mm. first such planet discovered by the satellite. Wow. This dude needs a promotion. Well huh? done. <laughs> I know, right? They had him. Uh, saw something else, too, that they saw. They found a planet, another planet that looks like it could be in. Habitable or something, or it's the closest like to be Earth-like that they found recently. Oh, nice, awesome! I don't know and we need different that, flavors of K cups, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Uh, another good thing around the world: Australian government dropped four thousand pounds of food to all the starving wildlife out there, mostly carrots, sweet potatoes, the colonies of brush-tailed rock wallabies that were left stranded as massive rock wildfires wolves. raged their habitat. So it's kind of yeah. cool. They're helping out. When you're about to saddle up and tread that rusty terrain, you need a brand of drink you can rely on. And when you reach across to grab that drink from your compadre on that dusty trail, it's better be something that's made from the heart. And when you open up that mix of taurine and tiger's tears, know that Ball Jack is there with you. Hell yeah! America. Balljack has been disputedly bringing its tasty, energizing mix to the mouths of dusty trailblazers like you since 1863. You're goddamn right! Don't leave your dusty trailmate hanging. Reach over and grab his Balljack. He's waiting for you to quench that dusty trailblazing thirst with his Balljack. Woo! Balljack, the drink of dusty trailblazers. Reach for it today. And I thought this was funny. A Galapagos tortoise with an abnormal sex drive saved his species from the brink of extinction. Diego the tortoise, who is 100 years old, is retiring uh, to his island in Ecuador after spending more than 40 years in a breeding program. Wildlife experts determined that the program was a success to, thanks to his rampant mating, raising his species, <laughs> species population in the Galapagos from 15 to 2,000. What a champ. Right? Diego the Taurus yeah. single-handedly brought back Fucking that giving, species. Yeah. Gene, Gene the expression rampant mating. Rampant mating. That's a, a good punk a band or something, yeah. right? What's your band called? Rampant mating. <laughs> <laughs> it's about this tortoise. Yeah, awesome. it's about this Diego the Tortoise. <laughs> Fucking screwed all these tortoises in the Galapagos Islands. They call me Diego because Diego's go. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Uh, good shit. All right. Well, I guess all these ring camera owners started getting hacked. Uh, have you heard about this? I have. There's a class action lawsuit that's being filed against them now. Oh, the ring camera? Yeah. Failure to take basic security precautions is the cause for the lawsuit. They're saying that the ring didn't even provide a basic security for the device 
and the company has said that it incidents... probably come with preset passwords and shit that people don't change and whatnot, or what? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> One, two, three, four. And right. apparently, the thing that set this off was a hacker got into a family's ring and yelled racial slurs at an eight-year-old girl, and <laughs> and oh, so like, kinda, and so people were like, "What the hell's going on?" Because people use weak passwords or reuse passwords for the rings that have been compromised. But the lawsuit said their basic security steps that Ring could have ha- had used in those circumstances, excuse me, circumstances such as requiring users to have two-factor fa- authentication, double-checking whether someone's logging in from an unknown IP, or letting owners have a way to see how many users are logged in. So that's what they're saying. But so be aware if you guys have a Ring, apparently they're super easy to hack, um, and just be aware of that. <laughs> this is cool. Look at this crazy ass dude. <laughs> a man requests trial by combat oh, with yeah. Japanese swords in battle with his ex wife. Yeah. Did you guys hear about this? I no. have. <laughs> this is a legit request. Yeah, apparently he wants to have. The, this guy's 40 years old. This, the wife's 38. They're from Paolo, Kansas. Abdul. He says the choice of an attorney or a stand in fighter. Uh, to, he says that. Dueling has never been explicitly banned or restricted in the oh, United like they States. Oh, they each have a fighter and representing them? Yeah. In yeah. the documents, he noted he wanted to meet his ex-wife and her attorney, quote, on the field of battle where he will render their souls from their corporal bodies. Dude, what if she... <laughs> wow. Like, she fucking gets the mountain from Game of Thrones. Oh, my God. That would be tight. And right? he gets, like, the hound. What do you think? Uh, what do you think is the most checked out book of all time? They released the list here. Checked out book of all time. Public library. Oh, are you already showing us right yeah. there? Yeah. Oh. I thought it was the Cat in the Hat off the top of my head, and that's number two. I was actually gonna say like for some reason I oh, thought I it was gonna be like book. Narnia or something. Oh snowy yeah, yeah. Day, Jack I've Keats. never heard of that. The Snowy Day. What is yeah. that? What describe it? If you could. Is it like a poetry book? Is it a kid's book? I remember it was stamped with, it won the Caldecott Medal, which was the award for children's literature. Oh, okay. And I probably had it when I was six or seven. Um, Yeah, snowy day, kid had his dog out in the, you know, it was. uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't describe it. But it's like a story. (laughs) It's not like a. Yeah, it's a a children's book. Yeah, yeah, children's book. Okay, cool. So yeah, that's apparently the most they they um, did this thing since it was um, I guess what is it um, the top ten checked out books of the of all time since they've been doing this at New York Public Library. So they ran the numbers of how many times a book has been checked out, and the Snowy Day had been checked out mm-hmm. almost a half a million um, five hundred thousand checkouts. Then it was number two, The Cat in the Hat, nineteen eighty four by George like, Orwell. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought. Where the Wild Things Are, To Kill a Mockingbird, Charlotte's Web. Those are the type of books that you just, like, own, you know? I feel like everybody had the cat in the hat growing up. Maybe I'm wrong. No, oh, yeah, but I mean, right. still, we it's probably did. just a popular hat, or a like, popular hat, a popular book in general. Mm-hmm. Like, for something that, when you're at the library, what are you going to read, you know? Like, maybe they just want something to read right yeah. there for the kids or something. All right, guys. Pizza debate here. <laughs> This is It's not really us because we're here on the West Coast. This isn't really so much our thing. It's pretty common for us on the West Coast to just have triangle sliced pizza. But apparently, Midwesterners and East Coasters are have been debating on Reddit recently <laughs> between square slices and triangle slices. Hmm. So the person tweeted, 
All my Chicagoans, which piece are you picking up first? And labeled sections of the pizza one through four. And he's talking about the one with the squares. So which and everybody agreed that the one section or slices from the top left corner were most desirable. Not everyone agreed. Some claiming to be from the East Coast were downright offended by a circular pizza <laughs> cut into square pieces, <laughs> saying, quote, Who's the genius who thought it made sense to cut a round pie into tiny rectangular pieces? Um, so they had uh, it started a debate. What do you think? Well, here's my thoughts on it. I definitely like pizza with crust on every bite. I mean, not on every bite, but on every slice. So in that round one, you're going to get those ones in the middle that have no crust. But when I was a kid, I kind of I didn't like crust so much. So, so, so yeah, maybe if yeah. you're getting that pizza for a family, like the kids that don't care yeah, for crust. Yeah, that's kind of a way around the, cr- the you know, crust. That's kids, a good point. You know, kids cut the crust off their PB&Js and whatnot. Yeah, and look at those everybody. ones on the edge, though, that's like all crust. Like, who wants mm. those edge pieces, right? That could be like a breadstick. Some people like oh, that yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. There you go. Like a breadstick I idea. actually would enjoy that. Yeah. I don't know. I'd probably go. I, I, obviously, I like the classic, the triangle slices myself. I should have cut up our pizza. I'm like going to enjoy either one. <laughs> yeah, of those I know. Pizzas. Yeah, they look good, right? <laughs> All right, check this out. This doesn't look too good. This lady was trying to make uh, hearts for Valentine's Day. Looks like boobs, huh? No, they look. Like, she said they look like uh, ball sacks. Oh yeah, <laughs> ball sacks too. Uh, yeah, they're like um, yeah. macaroon macarons, heart shaped macarons. Oh shit! You hear about this fucking crazy ass dude? Look at he got hospitalized after taking a sexual stimulant used for breeding bulls. It was like for a bull to get um, mating, you know? And so he had an erection for three days and he underwent <laughs> surgery. There's no update on his condition, so I don't know what the fuck happened to him, but what an idiot, right? Oh, that would be annoying after a while. Wow. Three days with an erection, dude. How? Yeah. That's insane. That must be really hard. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we're out here. We'll see you guys next week. Make sure you guys uh, follow us. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Garage Rock Show Podcast and up at thegaragerockshow.com. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Peace. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents and the design of this podcast are property of the Garage Rock Show or used by TGRS with permission and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark laws. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of The Garage Rock Show. TGRS assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. This disclaimer is posted in full at thegaragerockshow.com.